بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Last week we spoke about the numerous conquests of Khalid ibn al-Walid in Iraq where he conquered many cities from the Persian Empire which was considered the most powerful empire at that time and Khalid ibn al-Walid by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was able to conquer many cities one after another in Iraq which was part of the Persian Empire he was able to conquer a number of cities in a very short span of time all right now when Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu when he sent Khalid ibn al-Walid to Iraq he had also simultaneously sent a number of other armies to confront the other powerful empire in the world at that time and that was the Byzantine Roman Empire so he sent Khalid to Iraq and he sent some other armies to the Byzantine Roman Empire as well and this was around the same period of time now the Byzantine Roman Empire was also a very huge and powerful empire and their lands were very vast and their lands reached all the way to Syria and Philistine and that area the capital of the Byzantine Roman Empire was Constantinople which is modern-day Istanbul but their lands were very vast and they all they reached all the way to Syria and Philistine the Arab Christians who lived in Syria the Sham area they were also under the umbrella of the Byzantine Roman Empire all right so Khalid he spent a few months in Iraq and alhamdulillah he was very successful over there and eventually Abu Bakr al-Siddiq he ordered Khalid ibn al-Walid to leave Iraq and to head towards Syria even though Abu Bakr had already sent a number of of armies to Syria to fight against the the Byzantines to fight against the Roman Empire he had sent a number of armies to Syria for that purpose now he sent Khalid ibn al-Walid to leave Iraq and go to Syria to help those Muslim armies over there so he was successful in Iraq now go to Asham and help the Muslim army over there as well so under this command of the Khalifa of Abu Bakr al-Siddiq Khalid ibn al-Walid he made his preparations to leave Iraq and to go towards Asham to go towards Syria so he left Al-Muthanna ibn Haritha al-Shaybani in charge of Iraq and he set out for Asham he set out for Syria all right now before we get to the conquest of Asham let us review some of the background history that we spoke about in the seerah of the Prophet of the Prophet and his initial interaction with the Byzantines and his interaction also with those under the umbrella of the Byzantines so if you remember from the seerah we spoke about the Hiraqal Hiraqal Heraclius he was the Byzantine Roman em Emperor during the time of the Prophet so he was the Emperor of the Byzantine Roman Empire Hiraqal so the Prophet actually sent him a letter inviting him to Islam but Hiraqal did not accept 
Islam. Even though he had a feeling, he, he knew in his heart that the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, is speaking the truth and he is a messenger of God. He knew that in his heart. But out of his love for his kingdom, he did not accept Islam. So the Prophet ﷺ actually sent him a letter inviting him to Islam. The Prophet ﷺ also sent a letter to the leader of the Ghassasina. The Ghassasina, they were Arab Christians who lived in Syria. And they were allied with the Byzantine Romans. So they were actually under the umbrella of the Roman Empire. So technically speaking, they were also controlled by the Roman Empire. They had their own governors and they had their own leadership, but that leadership was under the rule of the Byzantine Empire. They were under the rule of Heraclius, of the Heracl. So the Prophet ﷺ also sent a letter to the leader of these, these Arab Christians. And that was a man named Ibn Abi Shumar. And he also did not accept the invitation of the Prophet ﷺ to Islam. And he was actually offended by the letter of the Prophet ﷺ. Heraclius didn't accept Islam, but he was not offended by the letter of the Prophet ﷺ. And he knew in his heart that this is the truth, but he didn't accept it. But as for Ibn Abi Shumar, he got offended by the letter of the Prophet ﷺ. Now remember, this man is the head of the Ghassasina, the Christians of Syria. And he is actually under the rule of the Byzantine Empire. He is under the umbrella of the Byzantine Empire, which is ruled by Heracl, ruled by Heraclius. So Ibn Abi Shumar, when he got this letter from the Prophet ﷺ, he was offended. And because of this offense that he took to this invitation from the Prophet ﷺ, Ibn Abi Shumar actually made a plan to attack Medina. But Heracl, who was the emperor of the Roman Empire, he had a feeling that the Prophet ﷺ was truthful. Even though Heracl did not accept Islam, he had this feeling in his heart that the Prophet ﷺ is truthful. And he feared that if Ibn Abi Shumar were to go and attack Medina, he feared that this would cause the destruction of his empire. Because he thought to himself, look, if he goes and attacks a prophet of Allah, then Allah is going to destroy our kingdom. So he felt that fear. Even though he didn't accept Islam, he had that fear that if he attacked or if anyone under his umbrella attacked the Prophet ﷺ, that it would cause the destruction of his empire. So he actually ordered, Heraclius himself ordered Ibn Abi Shumar not to attack Medina. He ordered him not to attack Medina. All right, now in the eighth year of the Hijrah, and this is still while the Prophet ﷺ was still alive. In the eighth year of the Hijrah was the Battle of Mu'tah, which we also spoke about in the classes on the Seerah. And this is where the Muslims battled with the Ghassasina. The Muslims fought with the Ghassasina. They fought with the Christian Arabs. And the Battle of Mu'tah, the Muslim army was under the command of Zayd ibn al-Haritha Zayd ibn al-Haritha was the commander of the Muslim army. But the Muslim army was vastly outnumbered by the Ghassasina. The Ghassasina army had huge numbers, whereas the Muslim army did not have nearly as many soldiers as the Ghassasina. 
So Zayd ibn al-Haritha in the battle of Mu'ta, he was martyred. And then Ja'far ibn Abi Talib took command. And he also was martyred. Then Abdullah ibn Rawaha took command and he was also martyred. So three of these commanders, they were martyred in the battle of Mu'tah. After these three commanders were martyred, the command went to Khalid ibn al-Walid. The Sahaba, they agreed that they would put Khalid as the commander. So Khalid, seeing how vastly outnumbered the Muslim forces were, he organized a strategic retreat and he was able to retreat without more casualties. Walhamdulillah. All right, in the ninth year of the Hijrah, the Prophet ﷺ, he was still alive. The Prophet ﷺ prepared another expedition. Another expedition to fight the Byzantine Empire and its allies from the Arabs. And this was the Battle of Tabuk, which the Prophet ﷺ personally led himself. And it was actually the last battle that the Prophet ﷺ led. It was the last expedition of the Prophet ﷺ. At Tabuk, when the Prophet ﷺ arrived there, the Byzantines, they didn't show up to fight. They didn't even show up to fight. But some of the Byzantine allied tribes in the area, they made a peace treaty with the Prophet ﷺ. So some of those Arab tribes around that area that were under the umbrella of the Roman Empire, that were under the umbrella of the Byzantines, they made their own deals, their own peace treaties with the Prophet ﷺ, and they agreed to pay the jizya. One of these leaders who made a treaty with the Prophet ﷺ, he was in charge of the area called Aylah. And he was a Christian man named Yuhanna ibn Ru'bah. And he made a peace treaty with the Prophet ﷺ there when the Prophet ﷺ was at Tabuk. But the Byzantines themselves, the Romans themselves, they did not even show up to fight. Alright, so the Prophet ﷺ stayed in Tabuk for some time and then he came back to Medina. Now when Hiraqal found out, when the emperor of the Roman Empire, Hiraqal, when he found out that some of the Arab tribes in the area that were under his umbrella, when he found out that they made a peace treaty with the Prophet ﷺ without getting approval from him, he was very angry. He was very upset that how did they make a peace treaty with Muhammad ﷺ without getting my approval for doing it. So Hiraqal was very angry. And he actually had Yuhanna ibn Ru'bah, one of these Christian Arab leaders who made a peace treaty with the Prophet ﷺ. Hiraqal had Yuhanna executed and crucified for submitting to Islamic rule. Alright. Now in the last year of the life of the Prophet ﷺ, shortly before he passed away ﷺ, he organized another expedition to go and to fight the Byzantine allies. And he appointed Usama ibn Zayd ibn al-Haritha to lead this expedition. Remember Zayd ibn al-Haritha, he was martyred in the battle of Mu'tah. Now the Prophet ﷺ is sending another expedition under the son of Zayd, under Usama ibn Zayd, to go and fight those same people. To go and fight those same people. So the Prophet ﷺ organized this army while he was still alive. But this was towards the end of the life of the Prophet ﷺ. So Usama was ready to go and to take this army. But then the Prophet ﷺ became ill. And 
Usama delayed leaving Medina. He didn't want to go on the expedition until he knew what the situation of the Prophet ﷺ was. So he stayed back while the Prophet ﷺ was ill. Then the Prophet ﷺ passed away. And after the Prophet ﷺ passed away, Abu Bakr he sent the army of Usama according to the instructions of Rasulullah. Usama went and he defeated those Christians that were under the umbrella of the, the Byzantine Empire. He defeated them with a decisive victory, alhamdulillah, and he came back to Medina victorious. All right, so that's just a brief recap of what we spoke about before, about the history of Muslim interactions with the Byzantines and their allies from the time of the Prophet to the Khilafah of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq Okay, so after this, after Usama's army was victorious, Abu Bakr he sent a small army to the area of Tayma. Now Tayma is an area in southern Syria. And it was an area, alhamdulillah, that was under Muslim rule. So Abu Bakr he sent a small army, a small army to Tayma, not to fight, but just to stay there as a defensive force. That if anyone from Syria wants to attack, that this army is there, it's stationed there, ready to defend. So it was not to start any fighting or start any battles, but it was just stationed there uh, as a defensive tactic. So this army that Abu Bakr sent to Tayma in southern Syria, it was under Khalid ibn Sa'id, Ibn As, Khalid Ibn Sa'id Ibn As. And when Hiraqal, when he heard that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq sent an army into Syria, he was very upset, he was very angry. And he ordered for an army to be prepared from some of the Arab Christian tribes in the area that were under his umbrella not from his own Byzantine soldiers, but from the Arab Christians who were under his umbrella in that area, in Syria. He ordered for an army to be formed to go and attack Khalid ibn Sa'id and his small army in Tayma. So when Khalid ibn Sa'id, when he found out about this impending attack, when he found out that Hiraqal has ordered for these Arab tribes to form an army to go and attack him and his army, Khalid ibn Sa'id, he attacked them before they could attack him. When he realized that they're going to come and try to attack, he went ahead and he attacked them before they could attack him. Now remember Abu Bakr as-Siddiq sent Khalid ibn Sa'id to Tayma to station themselves there. Him and his army were to station themselves there as a defensive force. And he told them not to start any fighting. But Khalid ibn Sa'id, he felt that it was necessary in this situation to preemptively strike these people before they could strike him and his army. So he made a decision to go ahead and strike them before they could strike him. And he informed Abu Bakr as-Siddiq about this. After he did this, and he was successful, alhamdulillah, he was able to defeat Hiraqal's army, the small army that Hiraqal had ordered to be formed from these Arab tribes. It was not a big army. And Khalid ibn Sa'id was able to defeat that army. Then he sent a message to Abu Bakr as-Siddiq informing him of, uh, of these events, saying that I know that you stationed us here only for defense and not to start any fight, but these people, they were getting ready, they were preparing to attack us. So 
I felt that we needed to attack them before they could attack us. So when he explained this to Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he saw that this is, this is reasonable. And he agreed with that. And he did not have any type of problem with that. And then he actually gave Khalid ibn Sa'id permission to move forward with offensive force. After this, you know, they started the aggression first. So now we can go and we can continue with our offense. So he gave him the green light to go ahead with offensive force. Then Hiraqal sent another army. And this army he sent actually under a Roman Byzantine commander named Mahan. He sent this army to fight against Khalid ibn Sa'id and his army. And Khalid ibn Sa'id, Alhamdulillah, he was able to defeat Mahan and his army as well. So now, two armies have been mobilized against Khalid ibn Sa'id and he was able to defeat both of them. He defeated one of them before they could even attack and the second one he was also able to defeat. And that was the army that Hiraqal sent under the command of the general that he appointed named Mahan. So now two armies have been defeated. Two of Hiraqal's armies have been defeated by Khalid ibn Sa'id in Syria. So now Hiraqal is very worried. And he has heard about what happened in Iraq to the Persian Empire as well. He's getting all of the news and the information about what Khalid has been able to accomplish in Iraq against the Persian Empire, which was even a stronger empire than his empire. Stronger than the Roman Byzantine Empire. So he's hearing about this and now two of his own armies have been defeated. So Hiraqal is starting to get very worried here. This is not looking good for us. So now Hiraqal, he decides we need to prepare a huge army, a huge Roman Byzantine army to fight against the Muslims. <coughs> not just these small armies, but a huge army with lots of soldiers. So Hiraqal, he starts organizing this huge army now. Now Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu an, he saw that the Hiraqal and the Byzantines have become a very major threat. So Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu an, he started organizing multiple armies to dispatch to Syria, to dispatch to Asham, to fight against the Byzantines. So Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu an, he organized four armies to go to Syria. And remember, this is all while Khalid is still in Iraq. Khalid ibn al-Walid is in Iraq. He's dealing with the Persian Empire. Abu Bakr al-Siddiq now, he organizes four armies to go and fight the Byzantines in Syria. For one of these four armies, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu, he wanted to appoint Amr ibn al-As to be one of the commanders of one of these four armies. But Amr ibn al-As at this time, he was already doing the work of zakat collection, collecting zakat from some of the tribes. And the Prophet ﷺ actually before he passed away, he appointed Amr ibn al-As for this work, for collection of zakat from certain tribes. And when Abu Bakr as-Siddiq became the Khalifa, Amr ibn al-As, he continued with this work. And Abu Bakr as-Siddiq kept him at that job that the Prophet ﷺ had appointed him at, collecting zakat from certain tribes. But now Abu Bakr as-Siddiq thought that it would be beneficial to have a, a great commander like Amr ibn al-As to be one of the generals or one of the commanders of one of the armies that can go into Asham. He thought that Amr ibn al-As would be a good fit for this type of position. So he sent a letter to Amr ibn al-As 
saying to him, I would like you to be a commander in one of my armies unless you want to continue what you are doing. If you want to continue on that job that you are doing of collecting the zakat, then go ahead, continue and do that work. But I feel that it would be more beneficial if we take you away from that position now and put you in charge of one of these armies that I'm sending to Asham, that I'm sending to Syria. So Amr ibn al-As radiallahu an, he sent Abu Bakr radiallahu an a beautiful reply. And he said to him in this reply, Ana sahmun min siham al-Islam. I am an arrow. I am an arrow from the arrows of Islam. Wa anta rami ba'da Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And you ya Khalifata Rasulillah, you ya Abu Bakr, you are the archer. I am just one of the arrows and you are the archer after the Prophet So you put me wherever you see fit and I am under your command. I am under your command. So this was the response of Amr ibn al-As to Abu Bakr as-Siddiq So Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, he made the decision to take Amr ibn al-As from the job of zakat collection and to appoint him in charge of one of the armies that he was sending to Asham. So he sent four armies. He sent four armies to Syria, to Asham. Amr ibn al-As and his army was sent towards Palestine. Shurahbil ibn Hasana and his army were sent towards Jordan. Yazid ibn Abi Sufyan was sent towards Balqa and Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah, he was sent towards Hims. So all of these areas in the greater Asham area, he put different armies in different locations. And there were four armies total. So now, Hiraqal started getting scared. Remember Hiraqal, he already knew kind of, he knew in his heart. He had this feeling in his heart that Islam is the truth. But because of his love for power, he did not accept Islam. But he knew in his heart that it's the truth. So now he started getting scared that now Abu Bakr as-Siddiq he's, he's taking things to another level. He sent four armies in different locations of the land. So Hiraqal knew in his heart that in the end he would not be victorious against Islam because he knew in his heart that Islam is the truth and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make Islam victorious. Hiraqal, he knew that at the bottom of his heart. So he got scared. Now although Hiraqal was the emperor of the Byzantine Roman Empire, he was the emperor. The religious establishment in the Byzantine Roman Empire, they were very powerful like the priests and the religious leaders, they had a lot of power. So Hiraqal, even though he was the emperor, he couldn't really do anything without having their approval first. He couldn't really make any major decision without the religious establishment approving it first. So he actually advised the religious establishment. Hiraqal, he, he, he prepared a huge army, but he was getting cold feet because he knew in his heart that he would not be victorious against Islam. So even though he prepared this army, he didn't really want to fight. And he tried to convince the religious establishment that we should not fight against the Muslims. We should just make a deal with them. We should make a peace treaty with them. He tried to convince the religious establishment. And he said to them, look, he said to the priests and the religious leaders, Hiraqal said to them, look, it's better if we make a peace treaty with them. They will take half of Sham. They'll take half of Syria. They'll take half of Sham and we will get to keep half of Sham and we will keep all of our Roman lands as well. 
We will keep our own lands and we'll keep half of Sham and they will take half of Sham if we make a deal with them. But if we don't make a deal with them and if we fight with them, what is going to end up happening? They will take all of Sham and they will take half of our Roman lands as well. So it's better we just make a deal with them and our losses will probably be less if we make a deal with them. He tried to convince them. But the religious establishment, they rejected this idea. They said, no, we will not submit to anything. If they want to fight, we will fight with them. So Hiraqal, now basically his hands were tied. He felt his hands were tied. And he wanted to hold on, on to his power. So he said, okay, if, if that's what you guys say, I'm not happy with it, but what can we do? So he took his huge army and he moved forward towards Syria. He moved forward towards Syria. Now, as he moved forward towards Syria with his huge army, Hiraqal and his Byzantine army, the four Muslim armies that were located at different strategic locations around Asham, they strategically retreated and they gathered in an area that is known as Yarmouk. The four armies, they retreated to an area known as Yarmouk. Yarmouk is in modern day, the southwest part of Syria. So that is where they gathered. Now Hiraqal's army, it was much larger than the Muslim army. Even if you combine all of these four Muslim armies together, the numbers were much less than Hiraqal's huge Byzantine army. So in order for the Muslim armies to be supported, to have more support, that is when Abu Bakr as-Siddiq sent a message to Khalid ibn al-Walid who was in Iraq. He sent a message to Khalid ibn al-Walid, leave Iraq immediately. Leave Iraq immediately and go to Asham. Go to Yarmouk, go to Asham and help the armies over there. Give them support and reinforcement over there. So Khalid got this command. So Khalid radiallahu he left Al-Muthanna ibn Haritha al-Shaybani in charge of Iraq and he started getting ready to leave Iraq and go towards Asham. So he left a part of the army there in Iraq. He left part of his army in Iraq to make sure that it stays stable under Muslim rule. And he took part of his army with him to go towards Asham. Now this needed to be done very quickly. Hiraqal's army was huge and the Muslim armies were greatly outnumbered. So Khalid and his army needed to get there very quickly. There was no time to lose here. So once he got this message from Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, time was of vital importance. But the thing is that from where he was in Iraq, if he would go the normal way to get all the way to Yarmouk, the distance was about one month's worth of travel one month travel to get from where he was in Iraq to Yarmouk in the southwestern part of Syria. About a one month journey and they didn't have that much time. They, Khalid needed to get there quickly within a matter of a few days, not a month. That was too much time. So Khalid ibn walid he started asking some of the people, some of the people who had knowledge of the land and knowledge of the different pathways, he started asking them, is there a quicker way I can get to Yarmouk? I need the fastest way to go to Yarmouk. He started asking the people who had knowledge of the land and knowledge of the pathways for this. So one of these people, he knew a very quick way. 
one of these guides that he asked, he said, yes, I know a, a, a shortcut that you can cut through. But it's very dangerous because you're going through the pure desert. You're going through the desert and there's no water. So going that way, the people and animals that you have with you, they would die. They would die. So it's a very dangerous way to go. It's a shortcut, but extremely dangerous. And going with a whole army like this, that would be something that's practically impossible. So Khalid, he studied this way and he realized that we could take food. They would be able to take food with them on their camels. And they could take some water, but not enough water for the whole way. They would run out of water. And the horses would not be able to drink any water on that way. So he found out that this is the problem. If we could solve the problem, if we could have a solution so that the horses would be able to drink water on this way, then we will be okay. We will be able to manage the way. So we need to find a solution to have water for the horses. So Khalid ibn al-Walid, thinking of a solution for this problem, how can we supply water for the horses on this path? He came up with a brilliant plan. Another plan that just shows the gift that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him. The, the military strategy that he had. The genius that he had in terms of planning for these types of things. He came up with a brilliant plan. Alright, so in the army, there are soldiers and each of the soldiers, they have their animal. And there are a lot of camels also with the army and these camels carry supplies. So some of the camels are for riding and supplies and some of the camels are for slaughter. That you take the camels with you and of course the army needs to eat. So there are certain camels that accompany the army and they slaughter them when the time comes to feed the army. That was the way that they used to travel in their armies. They used to take a number of camels with them for slaughtering and eating. All right. So remember the solution that Khalid needs to come up with is how to provide drink for the horses on this way where there's no water. We need water for the horses. So what he decided to do was take the camels that were with the army for eating. Not the riding camels, not the supply camels, but the eating camels. The camels that were there for being slaughtered and eaten. Take those camels and feed them this leaf from a tree. It's a very dry leaf from a tree and if the camels eat this, they will become very thirsty. It will make them very thirsty. So he said, feed all of these camels that we have with us to slaughter for food. Have them eat these dry leaves so they'll become very thirsty. So they ate those leaves, these camels. Once they ate these leaves, they became very thirsty. Then Khalid said, okay, let them go to the water. Let them go to the water. So they went to the water and they drank and drank and drank and drank and drank. And a camel is able to store inside of it a huge amount of water. So these camels are extremely thirsty and they are drinking, drinking, drinking. And they say a camel is, is able to actually consume about 200 liters of water in three minutes. A thirsty camel drinking water, it can consume 200 liters in three minutes. So these thirsty camels, they go and they just fill up with water. They fill up with water. Okay, once they're filled up with water, Khalid ibn al says, okay, let's go. 
let's go on this dangerous path towards Yarmouk into the desert. So they go into the desert. And whenever the horses need water, what does Khalid order? One of those camels that's full of water, slaughter the camel. The people can eat the food, open the inside, that water is still stored inside. The horses can come and drink that water. So they did this throughout the whole path. The horses were able to drink water. The people were able to eat food. There was no problem, alhamdulillah. And they were able to get to Yarmouk. They were able to get to Yarmouk using this strategy, alhamdulillah, using this shortcut. Now we mentioned the normal way to Yarmouk, the time period it would take to get there was about one month or more. Khalid ibn Walid using this strategy and taking this shortcut, he was able to get from Iraq to Yarmouk in five days. He reached there in five days, alhamdulillah. Look at this. This is a military genius. Sayfullah al-Maslul. He is the unsheathed sword of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now Khalid ibn al-Walid, he has reached Yarmouk. And inshallah, next week we will talk about Khalid ibn al-Walid taking command of the Muslim army at Yarmouk and how he did over there. We'll speak about that next week. Bi-ithnillah, wallahu alam, wa sallallahu wa sallam, wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.